now listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through sex and the city for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. And today we are delighted to have two amazing guests, the creators of the internet sensation Instagram account and published authors, our friends, Chelsea Fairless and Lauren Garoni. Welcome. Hello. Hi, guys. How's it going? Doing this. It's of course. I, Thank you for having us. Yeah. I feel like it's a special episode to uh, to have published authors on because yeah. I feel like we're in the thick of a book a book episode. Yeah. We are a book arc. Um, a, a bookmark on a book, the season. A bookmark on the season. <laughs> yeah, completely. Um, Thank you for having us into your home. Yes, thank you for coming to my home to We're record. Still out in LA, of course, the beautiful LA weather and scenery. This yeah, is, this it's is it's unbelievable. really. We keep talking about the the cliche of it, but we were talking about like LA cliches when we got here, and everyone like the cliche of like the weather. It's so true, and everyone's like, "Yeah, it's true." It's just you walk outside, and it's always nice. Perfect. It's yeah. always perfect. Well, you are here, if I may date this, on the first day of February, and it's going to be eighty degrees today. Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! Yeah. I'm not mad. That's great. So, how does now that you've watched season three? Uh, the LA episodes, how does your experience being in LA stack up against that episode? Well, we were hanging out with Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew McConaughey yeah. last night. So, uh, <laughs> we were all at the Playboy Mansion last night. Waiting uh, <laughs> in Carrie Fisher's bathtub, but uh, it was no big deal. Last night was a pretty New York night for LA. We got yeah. drunk and ordered, and someone ordered $100 of McDonald's Postmates to the bar. And I was like, this is, yeah. we didn't get into the green juice and hiking thing no. yet. No. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, have you been to Saddle Ranch, though? Have you visited the Mechanical Bull? No. No. What is that? Oh, Oh, that's the place where they go? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's on, it's on the Sunset Strip. It's, it's right across from the Standard. It's, it's like that every single night. Really? Well, I know what we're doing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. We have to go. That is crazy. There will be a waitress. I mean, it has the most wonderful trash food, macaroni and cheese, ribs. And once you've had your fill of that, the waitress will come by and basically badger everyone at your table for one of you to get up on that mechanical bowl. That's great. I, I love that. we have to do it. I think we have to When's also. it open till? Two? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. It's open till LA late, which is 2 a.m. Yeah. But, re- but really at one, they're like, how long are you guys going to still be here? Oh, yeah. We, we had a... We experienced that last night. We experienced that last night. We were at a, we were this wine bar before we went to the, the bar that we brought McDonald's to. But we were at this wine bar, and this woman was like the nicest person. Also, everyone's so nice here. But she was like... She was like are uh, we? Yes. Yeah. Like, compared to New York, because she was like... I, she was like, listen, we have to have this place empty at 1130 because we closed her. And I was like, no worries. And then we were there till 12. And then she was like... And I saw, I, we made eye contact and I was like, I promise we're leaving. And she was like, it's just, it's been a really long day and it's going to, uh, me driving home, it's, I'm going to be really tired. And then we left. She's like, thank you so much for leaving. I just, it, it's, and I was like, you're closing. Like, I will say, I feel bars, like in New York, bars are open too like, late in New York. Bars are open way too late in New York. Yeah. Like and no one needs to be sitting at a bar at like four in the morning. There's no, never a time that I've it's done that. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that it was, was like, I should have, it should have closed it too. Yeah. To change this law. Yeah. Um, but no, we've had a. It's been an awesome. It's been an awesome trip. It's just fun. 
being out here. It really feeling is. Feeling like we're, we're, you know, doing people like new guests that like we wouldn't normally be able to have in New York. So. Because we refused to go back to New York <laughs> <laughs> after living there for many years. Um, okay, but which which one of you is the Miranda? Which one of you is the Carrie? Oh, which one of you is the Samantha? We did this last did night. This, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're oh, am I, are we retreading? Okay. No, 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 no. We did no, this no. after the podcast. So we did it. Oh, okay. We did it at that wine bar. We were yeah. at. We, we all had a we are like. I think pretty decent mixes. Of, yeah, you can give us your rising people. signs. Okay, well. our rising. Yeah, yeah, do the rising. Yeah. So, Corey, we decided you are a Carrie rising Samantha. I think that's what it was. Wait, so me. you're a Samantha, Samantha with a Carrie, Carrie rising? rising? No, I'm you're a, a Carrie, Carrie with a Samantha, Samantha rising. rising. But the part, the Samantha rising part, was that we had talked about. You're a total slut. <laughs> I just listen. I'm a, I'm a freak in the sheets. That's what it is. Um, no, that uh, that. We the episode that we watched last is the one where Samantha, it's the Worldwide Express guy, where she, Carrie walks mm-hmm. in her bowling classic. Room. But then you see like what a good friend that Samantha is. Eventually, where like they have this kind of tiff, and then she Samantha like Samantha's a great friend. And Carrie what, is a piece of slut. Well, she then, she was just reacting that way. No. She was like angry. At it was her. Yeah. so weird, and she kept making fun of her. So the thing it's, that John was saying is John. And I'm not saying this. John said this about me, but he was like, he was like, well, you can say it. I don't want to. I don't want to pat myself. I think you're. I think you're like incredibly loyal and a great friend. Like you have an emotional side to you, but you you're a, a, a great Samantha-like friend. Thank you, John. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Kevin, you are a what do we say? A, a Charlotte. You're a Charlotte with a Samantha. Samantha rising. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's it's the struggle between my angel and my demon side. Yeah. It's like, I, <laughs> I, like I wish I was more comfortable to be like a Samantha, but I'm like, you know, like. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Deep down, like Charlotte, like Charlotte, and that person—that's the person I'm like. I feel like that's the type of person I should be with, but not really. That's like what I, what I feel like. So I feel—I don't know. Like I feel like the struggle between like being like proper and nice, and then wishing I was more like. Samantha. But you're now five seasons in. I think you've come to realize, or I hope you did. Behind Samantha, Charlotte's kind of had the most diverse sexual experience. Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, totally. There's that's what I think is interesting. The more we watch the show, the more it's like sometimes Charlotte will go back and forth between it not making sense for her to be like, I'm so prude. It's like you banging people in the back of your little art thing, eating ass. Yeah, Charlotte is that just is, yeah, <laughs> eating Trey's ass. Yeah. Just eating ass. Eating Trey. I love getting specific McDougal's on it. Ass. Dude, if we, not enough people talk about this. That is I know. You're right. You guys should talk about it on every single episode, honestly. Because Chelsea, we do have forget. an account. We could talk about it. We haven't we done have it. talked about it. No, yeah. but we haven't done the actual outfit because what I also love is while she's saying that, she's wearing a cross in the scene. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, a genius styling. That is totally me, Charlotte. It's like, yeah. it's like, Wearing wearing a cross, caring about my faith, and also wanting to eat ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's you. You're the whole package. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, line up. Yeah, uh, John, what what were you again? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm trying to remember. come up with it myself. Yeah. I think I'm a pretty. Classic no, you're Miranda. classic. John's a pretty yeah, classic. Yeah, like straight across the board. I was gonna say, I think you're a Miranda with a Miranda rising. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. true. Like, you are not super emotional. Yeah, very like. <laughs> well, but in a good way, like very logical. Is very, your mm-hmm. only emotion anger? Because that's really where the Miranda. Probably. Comes out. You know what's funny though, like <laughs> gambling addict. Gambling. Yeah, we struggles seen... with weight loss. <laughs> John can't have it all. Baby yeah. yeah. No, I think that you. I've seen you in anger, and your anger is like. It's 
you're definitely angry, but it's like action oriented. You're just like, all right, fine, let's get this done. And <laughs> I feel like Miranda is like, all right, let's buy this freaking apartment and get all my life. Yeah, just not a lot of emotion. <laughs> yeah. Like I could definitely use emotion. What what are you all? Well, to to borrow the classification from our book, we should all be Mirandas. Yeah. <laughs> available on Amazon and where all books are sold. Uh, I am a Miranda with a carry rising. Okay. Okay. And it's, I am a uh, Miranda with a Samantha Rising, Stanford Blatch Moon. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Um, I might be an Anthony Marantino Moon, and I yeah, don't know what. Definitely, that's definitely your Moon. Is that Mario Cantone? It's about being yeah. petite and okay. Italian. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just that. angry about everything. I think we all have yeah. a Len Schneiderman Moon. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's Every true. time we're with you guys. Oh, <laughs> we just zone guy. in to just those, <laughs> no, those weird it's dudes. Big Bone Joe. Big, big Bone yeah, Joe. John, John is Big Bone Tom. John is Big Bone Tom. With that, with that glaze. <laughs> that's who we saw last night. Krispy Kreme glaze face. Uh, uh, two things. The episode, we didn't talk much about Stanford yesterday, but Stanford, like, really Stanny. like Stanny. Stanny to his friends. Um, Stanny to his stand. Have you guys done anything with, like, standing for Stanford? Is there anything? I think we just came up with that. We might have to start now. That's our, tw- <laughs> that's our 2020 campaign. Standing, standing for, for Stanford. Stanford. He, um, yeah, he, him being in, like, a happy little relationship where he's happy, I was like, that made me so I know. happy oh, for him yesterday. You guys don't even know he's what's so coming. with Marcus. Yeah, he's, he, he, he just got so with Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. Just is, can you have us on when you do the the first film or maybe the second one? Because I, I would like to hear your feelings about what oh happens gosh. to Stanford. Oh <laughs> no, I'm. I, should I be scared? I'm nervous. I feel like I'm Cassandra. That is my middle name, actually. Uh-huh. I see what's coming, but you guys have no idea, and you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Okay, oh okay, yeah, okay. It's, it's I also right. loved uh, Mario Cantone when he was when you're like, "When's the last time you had sex?" He's like, "10:30 a.m. at the gym." <laughs> I was like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah, totally. it always reminds He's me good. of. What? I feel like a lot of that was ad-libbed also. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. For totally. sure. I just imagine. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the script just said, and Mario says something funny here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's um, great. Well, what, uh, we're in season five, episode five. four. Episode five tonight. Episode today. five. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're flying through. Yeah. Well, there's only eight episodes a season. Didn't we, when we saw you in October, we warned you about this season. You did. And we've gotten a few emails from people being like, don't worry, season five is its own thing. It's not as bad as... I mean, that's one way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I like getting the different opinions because we've had... Carrie pe- has short, sassy hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She does. I think this is the only season with no female directors, which oh, is that true? I don't think is great. And there, yeah. There's one that's co-directed by Michael Patrick King and someone else. I'm not sure. Or maybe it's a maybe it's like executive producer Cindy Shupak and some other guy. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm. What would, what's your favorite season? Or your favorite yeah. few episodes? Oh well, yeah. You just you just saw them three and four. I think are the yeah, the but two I, seasons. I yeah. think the run of from when Carrie meets Aiden uh, to when her and Aiden break up in season three is like mm-hmm. the strongest kind of yeah. five six episode arc in a row, like episode after episode mm-hmm. after episode. Yeah, because uh, obviously season one had some problems. Even even season two, I think they were still doing a little of the talking to cameras yes. stuff, right? Yeah, they wouldn't yeah. do it for like four episodes, and then it would just pop up, oh, and you're no, like, no, I thought no. we were done with that. Yeah. yeah, no, no, they they weren't. And then yeah, this is just a strange, strange season that leaves something to be desired. It's Although also, there are high points, obviously. Have you guys talked about the fact that this is a not that they ever mentioned 9-11, really on any show that was going on mm-hmm. at this time, but it 
permeates season five, mm-hmm. that feeling yeah. of just what do we even talk about in yeah. New York yeah. right now? That's were, what Jen Kirkman said yesterday. She was like, this was right after 9-11. Everyone was in a tizzy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's easy to forget. But it makes sense that it's like way more of a, a romp in yeah. a way of like w- back to just wacky things. Like yeah. let's not acknowledge the thing. There's also some scenes that in the one we watched last night where there's like these long dialogue scenes that you, it feels like you're watching like a stage play or something like there's it seems like in some of the earlier like three seasons three and four there's like kind of snappier dialogue scenes and there's a few where i think they're like since they're further along they're trying to like build some emotional stakes but they just seem like these long talking well they hired eugene o'neill as a writer in season <laughs> oh that is true i forgot about that one there's yeah. episode three where you literally just hear their entire breakfast order it's like the only time where they're <laughs> that's all true. just going around being like, oh, oh yeah that's true omelet, yeah coffee half and half and you're just like Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird. Is yeah. that? Yeah, but is the joke about that that she orders rice pudding and then is it the funky tasting spunk thing? Because yeah. there's one thing where Carrie's like, "I'll cancel my rice pudding after the mention of funky tasting that's spunk." Yeah, that one. that's this, true. This one was, I think, was it? They're it was, talking about it was, like home fries, and then she's like stuck in a writer's rut, and she's like, "I'm going to write a book about just about fries or something like that." Oh, it's, yeah. yeah. There's a lot. So season five, she's got writer's block. Mm-hmm. She's not fucking. Which isn't saying much for Carrie, but whatever. I think it's also hampered by the fact that Sarah Jessica Parker's pregnant. So it's a shorter season, like but very visibly pregnant, especially mm-hmm. in the episode you we're guys... about to see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. We haven't noticed. We haven't that. noticed. Oh, really? it yet. Yeah. And, and well, they keep making things about, I guess, Cynthia Nixon had had a baby or was going to, and they wrote in all the baby weight stuff for her, but we haven't seen anything with SJP. No, I don't think she would uh, allow that. Although, I remember for Seinfeld, I think it was comedians in cars getting coffee, Jerry Seinfeld and Julie Louis-Dreyfus were talking and she was pregnant with both her children through the run of Seinfeld. And Jerry being like the single guy dating a 17-year-old at the time went up to her and was like, hey, how about for your character, you just get really fat. And she burst into tears. Oh, gosh. And then in him retelling the story, she goes, you know what? But that would have been funny, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That's like an always sunny move. Yeah, absolutely. But I think... Yeah, you could really see it in the the Atlantic City scene, actually. When she first comes out in the casino and is wearing a crop top, it's very visible. And then in the photo shoot for her book cover where she's in that... Mar- pink marabou outfit yeah. it's like yeah. she has a full like true. five she, she's so thin that her at like five months pregnant is still just like yeah me any day of the week you <laughs> yeah. know yeah. but but i think to your point about why there are these long dialogue runs i don't think they could do the typical walk and talks that they were doing you're gonna um. watch i think next episode is a critical condition condition where she gets her review and there's a sequence where she's walking uh in a juicy tube top here I am talking about the fashion of an episode we're not going to watch, but it, it is such a close crop of her from shoulders up because mm-hmm. they could not at a certain point do anything shoulders down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you see the paparazzi photos from them filming the scene, it's like, she's fully just like, Oh, so interesting. Wow. Yeah. interesting. So okay. you can, you can cut this out, but just for a note for you guys to talk about for whenever that episode comes up, because she's visibly pregnant, the only bag at the time I assume that was big enough to cover it is a gigantic Birkin bag, which they never make reference to. They never acknowledge that she was carrying it. An even bigger one than the one that Samantha wanted. Which is Samantha's white whale is the Birkin. They never talk about the fact that Carrie has Birkins and we never really see Samantha with a Birkin until I think the second movie. She stole it from Lucy Liu. Yeah. That's true. (laughs) So that's that's funny. Why wouldn't they why wouldn't they just write that in? Like even a line of like, 
it's a big deal because they made such a big deal about yeah. that bag. Yeah. yeah. I just well, think I mean, in would think, 2002, but, yeah. there weren't big bags the way they are now. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. A Vuitton tote wouldn't have gone with that outfit. Yeah. The I mean, Juicy Couture It's true. It was outfit. because they needed it because of the size and they couldn't have her carrying full on luggage around the farmer's market in Union Square. That's yeah, that's where they were, right? I don't know. Anyway, I, we'll see. You'll I will say that. one thing. Uh I feel like bags have gotten way bigger. As a guy observing women's well, fashion, I'm like, just gigantic. My sister, just like, yeah. It used to be. I feel like small bags. You, you fifteen will, years ago. You guys would know this, but like you would know the the history of it. But I just I read this book, uh, Bill Cunningham, the, the yeah. fashion photographer, and there's a whole thing. It's is it the blue I'm pointing. Book? I have. Yeah, yeah, I think book. I have the same book. Yeah. It's Bill Cunningham, New York book. Right? But they talk about the evolution of the it bag and how yeah. I think it was like late '90s. Was it that it it, it coincides with the beginning yeah. of this okay. show? Because in the in the late '90s, you're getting. The Fendi baguette was a late '90s it bag. What else did they the really? Dior? And I then, mean, and then it was the Dior that's been reissued bag. basically in the last two years. So Fendi just reissued the baguette. Prada reissued their version of the baguette, which is nylon. Dior uh, reissued the saddlebag. So yeah, it's all the same bags are still just, extremely popular. But also is what very, we're trying to say yeah. very big bags and then uh, comically tiny bags. Yes, I was going to yeah. say this is like more for me, but I've always been curious. I'm like, what is with the little backpack thing? And when, and there's a there's a line in the movie Swingers where they're there, which is so funny to talk about like in L.A. because Swingers is like such a '90s L.A. movie. But they're talking about be, John Favreau is talking about being at some party. And they're like trying to get him out because he's going through this breakup. And he's like, I just don't want to talk to these girls. And what? I'm supposed to be excited because she's got on a tube top and a little backpack? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's accurate for 2019. That, yeah, that holds up. And I don't know how long you guys are in LA, but Marty and Elaine from Swingers still play the dress. Oh, yeah. Yes, they're the Last dresser. time I was yeah. here, I went there and it yeah. was to like, he brought in a thermos of soup. And I was like, this is they the best. They appear to be cryogenically frozen yes. and just unthawed it's when they so play. It's so impressive. Um, well, we, we should get watching the episode. We are watching Plus One is the Loneliest Number, Season 5, Episode 5. All right. We'll be back. Bye-bye. Bye. Episode 71. Plus One is the Loneliest Number. Carrie invites Jack Berger to her book opening party, which turns out to be a huge event. Charlotte butts heads with Bunny McDougal. Miranda's single life and her life with Brady conflict. Samantha gets an impulse by chemical peel that goes awry. And now, back to the boys. Wow, Look guys. Back. Wow. Yeah. So much to talk about. So much to talk stuff. about. There's a lot, lot in... Plus one is the loneliest number. Yeah, there I really forgot is. how dense this episode is. I going in, I didn't think there was going to be much to talk about. It's just the episode where Carrie releases her book. But I forgot. Should I just say it? It's the introduction of Burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've I'm, kind of been waiting for that because we know Ron Livingston's on the show, right? But we've and so many people are like, wait till you meet Burger. And it just happened so fast. Yeah, and I wasn't ready for it. He just came right into that office he like a thunderbolt. In. Yeah, he just walked off the set of Office Space yeah. and onto Sex in the and City. Just yep. went straight strawberry shaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't shake shame people. That's fucked up. <laughs> um, what is it like? Watch like as, what. At first, it was weird when we watched it, and now it's like my favorite thing—just watching TV with people that you don't normally do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people are like, "Should we prepare by watching the app?" And I'm like, "No, we'll watch no it we together. want to watch it together. I love it." Yeah. So, 
this is a special one. John, do you want to do the breakdown? Yeah, let's see here. Um, plus one is the loneliest number. Um, they the the through line is is uh, why do we let the things we don't have affect the things that we do have? And she wrote, you know, why is one minus a plus, why is one <laughs> minus a plus one feel like a zero, which is just actual math. It doesn't feel like a zero. It just is a zero. But I think the message of um, the grass is always greener. like Front, outside, inside, last. Yes. Basic wow. functions. I forgot about that algebra Foil, yeah. acrostic. <laughs> Al- let's do Foil. algebra. Um, but it was the idea of the things that you can't have affecting your outlook on life and um charlotte's thing that she couldn't have i guess was a, a relationship in her own home mm-hmm. and you see that by Bunny. it's not her home Sorry, not, not her home the well, place where she's staying i i need to say something about this yeah i don't think that it's appropriate for okay like you you date someone for a year you marry them and then you are oh you think charlotte and trey dated for a year they dated for like six weeks yeah and then she's like this is my apartment i earned this apartment it's like did you though like it's been in Mm. his family for like ten thousand years i'm not saying that you shouldn't get some sort of you know settlement but you know her always asserting that she like owns this apartment is fucking crazy to me and i'm not surprised that bunny like broke in and because she's like bitch this is my house i still have the keys i believe trey tells her you keep i think he's she is correct that he said yeah but then bunny's like it's not it's not his to give it's my fucking house this is the apartment i keep the cardboard baby (laughs) (laughs) this is such a small quibble considering how much that goes on in the episode but i never thought the layout of trey's apartment made sense and also (laughs) I I believe they make a concerted effort in season six to completely rechange the layout of Trey's apartment. Yeah, they do. Well, there's just that big hallway and then a big like standing room. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the just big flowers to, I don't know, stand across. and No kitchen to be seen. No. Yeah, Yeah, no. Um, We never speak. I'll quickly go through the rest of it. I guess um, the thing that uh, Miranda didn't have was a sex life and a boyfriend. And she was having that affect her relationship with. Brady and then she kind of at the end comes around and realizes that she's a mother and she loves her child and that's okay. Uh, Samantha's was skin care how like a good skincare regimen because she goes and she you know wants to look fresh for Carrie's book release ends up getting a, a chemical peel and gets absolutely ridiculed and harassed just by Carrie straight up Freddie the rest of the night yeah just oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. viscerates her yeah and then lastly I think Carrie's is the obvious one she doesn't have a relationship Berger is in, in uh, a relationship and she's frustrated by not being able to access and have him so also let's that, not forget Enid's uh, the introduction of Enid's tragic yeah. uh, romantic plot line which is that she is like <clears throat> In a poly relationship, mm. basically, yeah. or she doesn't, or the want east to side be side piece yeah. to a sportscaster. Is that what? Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Was a dude, what? and I guess there was it was Stanford had the same kind of thing of of, of having a boyfriend versus not having a boyfriend and rubbing that in. Oh, I was so happy face. for him. Yeah, in that yeah. you know, like give. I mean, Anthony, him. although hilarious, is a miserable, awful person. He's very, he's very mean. All he's the time. awful. Yeah. Who, and who is? Mario Cantone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. awful. And if I was Stanford and had, you know, Marcus on my arm, I would be, like, immensely happy with myself. I I also love that 
because this is so, so true to life and you don't really see it in Sex in the City, is that bad blind date that wasn't in season four between Anthony and Stanford, which goes into the trope of like, oh, I have a gay best friend who's my accessory and you have a gay best friend that's mm-hmm. your accessory. Let's see if they get together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because they're both gay, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the line that she said? A, a gay man is the straight woman's safety net? Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> when some... that was said, we were, it, there was like a thing in this room that was like, ooh. She's yeah. like, even you have a gay plus one and I don't have anyone. I mean. This might be the most fucking Carrie of all fucking Carrie episodes. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. That. She is shitty to ever i i did want you know miranda when she kind of put charlotte in her place during her wedding when she goes you get you have one day i wanted to be like you have a three-hour window which is your book party okay just (laughs) yeah that's when we all focus on you i i do understand she definitely like it it wasn't even i guess it is true to life whenever you like have a day that you're so excited for and then it never ends up being like you're like my book release and then it's like it's just a yeah, thing new that, years every single year yeah that it <laughs> yeah. never will meet the expectations but it's as much as we shit on carrie for being selfish this was like kind of almost another level she wasn't just nasty she was nasty and then also at the end it's just like how could this date if only i had a person like it was just it was Kind of carry overload. Yeah. yeah she, can can she, we get into? I don't think even in 2002 there would be a book party this big for no. a collection of essays. Chell. No. I mean, it was a very lavish event. I mean, whoever the I like the just hundreds of Cosmos just out. No one's drinking them. Like that's my favorite thing about the book party. Yeah. Yeah. That, that and uh, the unexpected cameo from Isaac Mizrahi. Yeah. Although I wish they had more New York people having cameos in that scene. Not even necessarily super famous people, but more just like sceny like people. That, like that fashion, like the fashion week episode where they had all those, like when, um, when she, Heidi Klum run, was in it and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Like they could have done that. Who's the guy that used to work right for the Village Voice that had the Michael Musto. Michael Musto. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Michael Musto. would have been perfect. Exactly. Exactly the person that should have, uh, that would have offered legitimacy to mm-hmm. Carrie's book party. Although Isaac Mizrahi did that, but yeah, I feel like the show, the show did miss out on that. There's a couple New York characters that come in, like Lady Bunny is in an episode. Um, who else? Who's Lady Bunny? Uh, she's she's a really famous drag queen DJ, like okay. DJ's was every she like fancy. A, was she like a party. club, like in the club kid scene of the like? 90s late 90s she's like yeah mm, she's she wasn't really in the michael alex scene but she was like she came up with like rupaul basically like her and rupaul are like the most famous drag queens but that that seems pre-drag race right Mm -hmm. but that's like when you were saying that it's like that would have been a perfect time to have rupaul or someone like that it totally just, just like Four interactions at that party of just like that, that, or even cutaways to them or something like that. Yeah. 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 You know, RuPaul just talking up Samantha, making her feel better after Carrie basically makes her feel like a carny freak. No wonder she ended up, ended the night with her driver eating hot dogs alone. She was so mean to all of her friends. Wouldn't, wouldn't the, it seems like, wouldn't the actual realistic thing if that happened of people wouldn't be like, they would be like awkward and be like, Hey, and not totally. acknowledge it. Like it almost seemed like they tried to play it for comedy, but it was yeah. just felt too mean. Cause yeah. like the, the kid being scared, that was kind of funny. Cause a kid may do that. 
Right. right. But besides that, I'm like, most adults would just be like, how, um, right. how are you doing? Yeah, no one, and like that guy that Carrie was talking to when she she introduced Samantha, he like did the awkward for comedy, like, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the New Yorker guy. The yeah. New York? Also, it's like New Yorkers aren't phased by shit like that. No. Like, you yeah. see no. people with half of their face off every but, day yeah. walking down you, the street. It's not, you but know. But do you feel like the New Yorker writer who speaks to her who says, I have kept track of your career? Is that true to four? Like, it's like, would have a, you? Would yeah. a man from the New Yorker? Would like, a New yeah. Yorker writer be keeping track of uh, essentially a New York Post columnist? Yeah. Yeah, I. that's what I thought. I don't. I don't think. I don't think David Remnick. I mean, cares if she's on the side, if she's like on the side <laughs> of buses, like she. Yeah. Like, I think maybe he would be like, I know who you are. I like. Yeah. I mean, the writers of the New Yorker now, like, was it Gina Tolentino, would definitely keep track of a Carrie Bradshaw character, but some like old man who. I, for a second, because from the back, thought it was going to be the creepy editor from season four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was going to, which is, would happen, right? That guy would be at our book party and be like, Cookie, yeah. what's going on? Right. Oh, you Don't you feel, if there was a transition, I feel like Carrie Bradshaw, if she left the New York Star, is that what it's called? Yes. If she left that to to go to a magazine it would be more she would write for like New York magazine than the New Yorker right yeah or like, like L or something yeah. yeah yeah the New Yorker to me is like a little brainier but I guess that maybe that's like what um, that's what Samantha did she was able to get like yeah. a higher class person there they don't hit on this as often as they should throughout the course of the series but how much of a new york it girl carrie is and kind of where her placement is mm. in the culture mm-hmm. yeah culture, like we can't certainly. figure out ever like quite how famous she is right yeah. like there's a scene coming up uh where carrie and burger go to like the opening of a play and they're doing the carpet and all the photographers are like, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. And she's like, oh yeah, I used to go out a lot, you know? Uh, so you're like, oh, are you like a full socialite? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's interesting though. Do you guys remember, uh, do you guys know the name Julia Allison? Who was like a New York, so she was like really big mm-hmm. when, when Tumblr was a thing, like when Tumblr was really big and all these people had Tumblr blogs. Yes. She was like a New York socialite fashion young um i guess it would now be like instagram famous type person and she started something called an influencer but like before influencers were a thing and she was like dating someone who was like a big new york comedy tech person but what you're describing there was like a moment for like five years and she started something called the socialite or something some fashion website socialite rank maybe but I'm not sure. I think there was a website called the the Socialite. But I, the, but I imagine like that kind of person in New York, where it's like yeah, you would I only know them if us, you're in those circles, and you're like, oh, that's so and so. It's all like when that thing, the Cobra Snake, was like a big well. Like, I was gonna say guest of a guest and all Lee, those like right. yeah. Lee Lazark, I think, is the closest of the misshapes to probably the level of fame Carrie would have had. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and someone that would probably get invited to. Uh, Chanel show was too much, but something like that. And talking, I've realized I wouldn't. I would have had no idea who Carrie Bradshaw is because I don't know a single name fair. you guys have talked about in the last time. <laughs> very minutes. fair. Well, but to, that's, to, that, that is probably accurate. To to bring it back to the Samantha Chemical Peel. So these the apocryphal story about the origin, which I'm not even sure is true, but we like to think it's true, is a year before Kim Cattrall goes to the Golden Globes and either has 
the, a healing chemical peel or more likely a terrible spray tan that everyone just goes, what the fuck? Yeah. And so the story, the myth is that that episode, that episode mm. of her going to the Golden Globes is what inspired the chemical oh, peel. Mm. Yeah, story she line. did have, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she had some sort of peel under it, but it was, it was a crazy Wait, spray tan. You guys there, there, put that up on the account yes. a few times, right? Well, and we year. post it every year on the Golden Globes. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I'm going to look that up. What is a chemical peel? Your brother is... My, John's my brother, brother is, is a plastic surgeon who does a lot of cosmetic face, face stuff. They, I don't know if they do chemical. He does definitely doesn't do chemical peels. He does what's called a halo laser treatment, uh-huh. which I think is just like Ooh, it's like a, it's like a laser that they like burn your face and then it heals. It, it's basically what you're describing. The chemical peel are essentially the same thing, which is you are using you basically peeling away the top layer of skin that might have dead skin cells yeah. to then regenerate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lesser form of that now. Welcome to skin talk guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would be micro needling. Micro needling is okay. just mm-hmm. basically yeah. creating little micro wounds on your face so that it produces collagen. Micro mm-hmm. wounds. That's what they call Does them. They, Jesus. When they That's do like micro needling, <laughs> is there like I'm a sorry. Lot of I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the fuck that is. Micro wounding. Well, the, what was interesting, I think, what was the line she said about Botox? Because in classic Samantha Manny fashion, Botox. just in classic Samantha fashion, she's like, this is who I am, whatever. Like I fucking do plastic surgery. And, and it is so destigmatized since this episode. Oh, absolutely. Like... Cause she, cause she even predicts. Yes. Cause Miranda says, you say Manny petty Botox. Like it's a thing we all do. It's essentially what Miranda's saying. And she goes, Oh, they will. I, yeah. And they will like 100%. The Sephora that just opened up at the Grove, which is an outdoor mall here because mm-hmm. in LA we have outdoor malls. <laughs> they moved the Sephora to a bigger location and upstairs is what we now call med spas where you can go get Botox. Yeah. 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 And they have Botox at urgent care here. It's crazy. Wait, yeah, what? There, there's yep. Down on La Brea, if you guys go down La Brea, there is an urgent care that also does Botox and IV drips. Wow. (laughs) Hurry up. I need my Botox. But there's, there's, it was, there was a little era of like, ha ha, people get Botox, they can't move their face. And now it's done. And that era seems done and people just talk about it normally. I have friends that are like, yeah, I get Botox. Of course. And it's not, it's. Everyone gets Botox. I think it's gotten better i mean again this is skincare talk with the bradshaw boys but i think at that time it couldn't help but be fucked and everyone looked fucked yeah. who got that shit done in the early 2000s yeah. Listen, don't don't yeah. think we can't do an hour of skin talk yeah. we, boys, we got boys, some regiments in this yeah. room the boys have uh, talk about boys, retinol we boys got a couple of retinol talks on this <laughs> about a couple of, like, we're not scared turmeric cranberry seed face masks um, <laughs> oh let's talk about burger so i want to i want to get into the burger and their pseudo date i think there's like Pass. Pa- pa- <laughs> Passing Not on in. this topic. No. <laughs> I think, like, it, I mean, it's an interesting conversation as to whether or not he was, you know, they went out. He, she felt like he was flirting. She felt like there was a spark. And then when she invited him to the party, he was like, oh, my girlfriend's parents are coming in town and they're staying with us, so I can't go. Which, that's silly. If your girlfriend's parents are coming in town, you that means you can go because they're watching your apartment or taking care of your dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but do you think he was inappropriately yes. flirting like with leading her on? Yeah. Yes. I mean, well, mostly because of the weird 
old timey chivalrous like let me help you get off the park bench mm-hmm. mm. i get it if you're like getting out of a car or like holding a door for something but she's literally just sitting on a park bench and he yeah. like extends his hand like you, you think, know what i mean don't you think that's i think he's trying much? to i try i think he's trying to help a pregnant sarah Jessica parker i don't even think those that's are the fine. characters yeah totally I, interesting yeah i think that he um i think in that situation you especially if it's like oh we're two we're two writers that are kind of having like a, a business and friends date you got to lead at some point in the early stages of the conversation with like oh yeah my girlfriend and I are doing this tonight like if, yeah, you if you're are, gonna do if a you're laundry all, run if you're yeah. at all yeah. committed to it's, that you got to lead with that yeah and he is also certainly open like it's one thing to be on the bench and you guys are, are ba- bantering but when it gets to the point where he says she's like what are you doing later at right now and he's like oh i'm gonna pick up dry cleaning and she's basically like do you want company he's like oh absolutely that's the time mm-hmm. where he's like oh i'm like by the way we're i, I think it's charlotte or miranda is correct a we statement should have been dropped yeah. somewhere in True. there mm-hmm. easy yeah but samantha is also right in that it is annoying when you meet someone and then uh-huh. two seconds later they're like we we my girlfriend my what you know yeah well it's, it's like, like jesus christ they were right. both right in their assessment, like that's who was Samantha Samantha's and Charlotte, right? Too okay. that there's some people that it's like, hey, and someone's just like, my husband's over there or something. Yeah. You're like, okay, geez. Yeah. Um, but I just asked if the seat was taken. Yeah. Samantha's <laughs> lie. I was on the train one time, and uh, it was like a pretty late night G train, and the G train was running. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I gotta say, if in in New York, I would say if they gave out train awards, which yeah. they, they shouldn't because they don't deserve any awards for yeah. anything, but the G train gets most improved. Oh, yeah. yeah. The G train used to yeah, come once sure. every 25 minutes. It's great. And I live off the G now, and it's like yeah. every eight minutes. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah, my memory of when I lived in New York was, it was terrible. trying yeah. to take it at 11 p.m. on a Friday no. being like, yeah. is it going to nope, come? No, no, no. It's no, no, not a late not nights and weekends train. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the only train that you can be standing in the wrong part of the platform, and then you're just like, oh, shit, I have to run. To make it, yeah, because it's like shorter. So true. Um, But But shout out to Train Noise. Like this was the first episode where we actually heard some subway train when they're in the Stuyvesant Park. Yeah, we heard in the SATC universe, which is added right because that's Stuyvesant Park in Gramercy. So what train? The L train, the L on second. No, that sounds like the four or five. Like when the four or five pulls into Union Square, there's like three minutes of horrible screeching. It's so. No, that's true. That might be that. Yeah, is what they were hearing. But that is like a strong like four blocks from there. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Um, but wait, what was your? We'll go investigate. What, what was your? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do. There. We'll do some sound tests. Late night, cute girl. I got out a piece of gum, and then she was like across the thing. She was like, "Can I have a piece of gum?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, sure." Did it? Talked for the whole way, and I'm like, "This is crazy." And then, and it was like very flirtatious. And I was like, "Oh, is this your stop?" And she's like, "Yeah, my uh, my husband and I like live right off this." And I was like. You flirted, yeah. yeah, for the fucking gum. I had a thing one time. <laughs> wow, that well, was instead of. Is this still a New York thing? Because everyone smokes jewels now. But the the hey, if I give you a dollar, can I have a cigarette? Oh, that's still a New York thing, hundred percent. Yeah, it totally it's is. It's the flir- flirtation equivalent of that. It yeah. was sort of like I, I mean, the audacity to ask a stranger for gum. I would want to start doing it, but but it was like it, there was too much smile and too much like laughy banter after that. That I was like, I was like, you could have said like. 
She could have dropped that earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I wanted my How, Okay, so in that in that scenario... <laughs> Did she have a ring on her finger? No, no. In that scenario, when would it have been appropriate for her to tell you she had a husband? Because obviously After she's like... Gum. After we got so, off hey, the train and got a drink together. <laughs> <laughs> because like to, to Samantha's point, if she was like, hey, can I have a piece of gum? And as you're handing it, it would be my like... My husband and I By the way, gum. yeah, yeah. Yeah, my... No, that's my husband. Can, hus- can I have two pieces? One for my husband. When my I husband's <laughs> favorite flavor is Big Red. Like, what, when do you want her to say it? I think in reality, it was probably the a completely normal and appropriate interaction yeah. that was that was derailed by my expectations. Well, I, like, had, I think this girl likes me. And if you I, weren't attracted to her, would it have been a different scenario? And situation? I would have given her gum. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, um, but no, I think it was probably just like you're like, am I having this magical flirt yeah. moment right now? Yeah. yeah. But, but a, I, a lot of that can it was be done. I was like, could it could have dropped? Yeah. Because I think we talked about a bunch of stuff. Okay. And then it was like, so. It where? seemingly made an impact since you cannot remember what you guys talked about. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a few years ago. She's still on our comedy email list. Is she, are you put her on the Great Times list? Oh, yeah. And I, I think and I think she's in context as Gum Girl. That's right. Really I'll look it up. I, I, um, I had a thing where Send I got this on. this episode. Yeah. I got on. Yeah, exactly. I got on a tr- the train one time and I had just come from a wedding like up near Grand Central. And so I was like, it was, uh, it was at the Yale Club. And um, but, very nice. uh, whoa, yeah, very fancy. Can but you I say got, that without modulating your voice? It was at the Yale Club. There you go. There we go. Um, <laughs> Yale but, Club. Yale Club. But I got on the train and I was like in a suit and like feeling good and like had a couple drinks and then I sat down. Um, it was on the train. There was an empty seat between two people and so I sat down between these two girls and uh, and then was like trying to post Instagram stuff of the wedding and for some reason it wouldn't post and the girl beside me kind of like gave me the eyes of like she could tell that I was struggling with it and I was like yeah something's on my phone and then she just kind of looked at me and like smiled and grabbed my phone and like twisted the thing and then she's like you should title it this and then she started doing it and then I was like all right so then we go back and forth and then we keep going. Is it going. flirtation or is she just a social media manager? I, think that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I work for Refinery29. Um, but we, it turned out she lived one stop from me and I like usually don't talk to anyone on the train but like I was like, oh, I just came from a fun wedding. And we kept doing that. And then I was like, do you want to get a drink? And she was like, no, I, I got to get up early. And I was like, okay. And I was like, what What was your name? And then she told me your name. It turns out she's like a semi-famous musician. And my friend had worked with her before. And he was like, and because I tried to message her on Instagram. And she has like half a million followers. So wait, was it flirt or no flirt? It wasn't flirt because I found out uh, by looking at her Instagram and trying to get in touch with her, she has a boyfriend. Mm. And then my friend was like, he was like, I was hoping you and her were going to like go on a date. And I was like, well, she's got a boyfriend. And he was like, he was like, he'd worked with her before. And he's like, I thought she was flirting with you because she like grabbed your phone and was like making fun captions. Yeah. But maybe I, that is also just kind of like a fun, like stranger flirt. And you're like, I, you know, so which is totally fine. This is one of the few times where Carrie is actually not in the wrong it's not in her head that that he is flirting with yeah. her. I think, I think that Berger's kind of trying to bench her, pun intended. They were sitting on a bench, mm. but I think this idea of, you know, let's keep her in the back of my mind because things probably aren't going well with my girlfriend. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. Totally, but there was a spark. Uh, yeah. Definitely, she's not. She's not wrong. Spoiler alert. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably watch Sex and the City. They do end up getting together. But for a show that's 
I'm sure you guys have realized by now, Sex in the City isn't really about sex. It's about love. Mm-hmm. And they don't do a lot of, like, this is the closest tonally it gets to something like a before sunset, before sunrise mm, kind totally. of spark with someone, which you, given the two stories you just told about, you know, encounters on the subway, should be happening more in yeah. the show. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, I think, I think that's what I liked about it. I feel like we're already preparing to not like Burger just because... Yeah, is that the general feel of Burger? We, we just read into like what people say and we're like, <laughs> yeah. all right, when's the hammer going to drop So much fucking banter. I don't know who wrote this dialogue, but it's definitely that like Aaron Sorkin, but Aaron Sorkin trying to write His Girl Friday like back and forth that I fucking hate <laughs> in yeah, contemporary awful. shows. Wait, what's His Girl Friday? Is that a Cary yeah. Grant movie? Uh, His Girl Friday it's, um, is... It's like old, I think it's... Old 40s movie, right? Yeah, I believe it's, it's a Howard Hawks film, but it's very yeah. like, yeah, you see... And that was da, 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 da. very great reference. <laughs> That's yes, and it's something if you've ever watched Aaron Sorkin or even mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino films, especially their guy girl dialogue is very much inspired by his girl Friday. Yeah. And that's what it feels like that constant banter, punning back and forth as if it's been written by someone. Yeah, yeah. we we just talked to <laughs> Does that Je- age well? We talked to Jen about yeah, this last night about, about this, yeah. How writers, if they're writers, like they would never the writers of the show are writing writers. And they're like, they as writers should know that writers never talk like that. Yeah. Like she said, there's a scene, I guess, coming up where where Berger and Carrie kind of like do some like. They did it today where he like pulled out his typewriter. And And she was just like, it's so schlocky. And people like don't really talk like that. That can get exhausting to me in real life whenever people get like in like like actors or comedians like stand around like get into like a bit and I'm like everyone chill and quit Dude, doing bits when people get into bit normal. people get into bit city and they won't quit yeah. I'm just like we gotta get out of here that's when I'm always like so um, what neighborhood do you live in I was like trying to take so it so do you guys know about rips <laughs> <laughs> it is the they are doing the literary equivalent of of bits this so I was watching the show in real time as it was airing so I was a teenager and I had not lived in New York yet but I was, I didn't realize the card thing is a real thing. Like I lived in New York. We were friends. You had to tell me that the poker card, the playing card thing was an I've actual thing. It's not like every single day I'm seen playing cards on the street, but you see them and you know, you notice them. I am. After not, I'm seeing gonna, them. I know. I'm going to start, I'm going to start sending you pics yeah. of, of cards that I see. What did I miss when they talked about it? But it's when they, they say it's when they get off the bench, right? And then yeah, he, he yeah, they're he's, walking. He's walking the after, yeah, yeah. Because you know he's got to pick up the dry cleaning. You know, his and his girlfriend's dry cleaning. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sees like a card yeah. on the street, and he's and trying just... to make an entire deck out of it. Yes, you'll see. Man, that you'll would see be his uh, collection at some. Point. That would be the is last just... thing I'd want in my home. Is yeah. a collection oh, of dirty, dirty New York. You know what though? You know what, I, you know what I really hope is that somehow we find out that Burger is just the beginning. Uh, it's the beginning story of Joker. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. collecting oh. cards to eventually become Joker, that then lives in New York and, just... and then turns into Walking Phoenix. <laughs> uh, I mean, I believe the follow-up to Joker will just be Burger. Burger. <laughs> so wait, is he a comedian? Trailer? No, he's a, he's a, he's a, a writer like her. So there's a lot of responses, the writers responding to kind of criticism. Okay. 
So in season six, you'll see a guy named Petrovsky. Right. And the whole reasoning behind that was, I guess, the criticism that Mr. Big is so much older than Carrie that Michael Patrick King wanted to re- just give her a really old guy. And that is Mikhail Baryshnikov. Mm-hmm. And then for Berger, it was her equivalent, which always makes me think of the Seinfeld episode when Jerry meets himself and a woman and mm. it's Janine Garofalo and he realizes like, oh, I hate me. I don't want to yeah. be around me all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's basically that. It's that. Gotcha. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. I like knowing the behind the scenes things. Yeah, like this that. is super That's fun. Really cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about Miranda's storyline. Miranda is, reconnects with what was his name? Walker. Walker Walker Lewis. Great name. Yeah. Is that that guy looks like someone that was the DA on Law and Order? One hundred percent. He looks yeah. like a cop DA. He's in like really good shape, and he but he's yeah, also yeah. But he's not that he's guy in, from SVU, though, no, is he? He looks like Chris Maloney a little. I was gonna bit. say he looks like he could be Chris Maloney's brother. Yeah, he does. He's got that old man strength too, like not old yeah. man, but he's got like middle aged man strength. Yeah, his, where he, his like shoulders. He has his some shoulders muscles. and he's like just in great shape. Yeah, yeah no, nothing to do with his age. He's, sure. just, yeah, he's crushing it. Yeah, he's just crushing um, the gym. So the question that I came up with this episode is when when does Miranda? need to tell him that she's had a baby like they obviously went out well we need to take a step back she fucks him while pregnant that's that's the storyline that's the pregnancy sex guy that's the last one last yes lay before she so he's oh i didn't even put that oh yeah yeah when she's like uh, in the season before can his dick dent the baby's head and (laughs) (laughs) the dimples yeah where do you think that's why when you see the picture of the baby it's got that look on his face like yeah (laughs) by the way very fair for him to ask if it's his yes and then she says oh god no but then his follow-up should be like I'm sorry, did you let me fuck you while you were pregnant with someone else's baby? Which yeah. I, I want to be very progressive, but it's like, it's... There's at it's least a normal conversation. There's some information that should be given out. So wait, was she visibly pregnant when they had sex? No. No. Well, okay. also, Cynthia Nix is not actually pregnant okay. in the show. I would assume she's around three months, because we're talking about she, how she's pregnant in the show. But, yeah. it, but I mean, the most disturbing thing we have to admit... <laughs> <laughs> about Miranda's plotline is the line "Mommy's coming" oh, yeah. used yeah. in a double entendre. Oh yes. yeah, that yes. one was yeah. a little bit brutal. Horrifying. There's mm-hmm. every Horrifying. once in a while. There's just a line that they walk past that I'm like, I'm surprised you went there. Yeah, I, I didn't need "Mommy's mm-hmm. coming" uh, to be in my head. Man. No. But it's kind of genius because the guy was just like, okay, yeah, like, yeah. I, ca- I actually can't, and rightfully so. That's yeah. what would have shut shut it down for any guy i did feel bad for her because he was she was like can you just can you just get me off and he's like i'm out like it was and I, I really i felt for miranda and this this one for sure she's in a tough position but i don't get why she doesn't what's wrong with steve i don't understand why she's not just with steve now well okay. yeah enlighten <laughs> yeah, us yeah, no yeah enlighten let's talk us. about that because what is her problem with like he wants to be around the kid He's afraid to babysit but it's like he wants to be around the kid he wants to be around like the timing isn't right with them yeah it's about timing totally and is that like an emotional timing or like uh yes well i mean spoiler alert for next season but when she is ready he is in a relationship Uh, so they just keep missing yeah you know when she's really focused on becoming partner she right Yeah, that's when they're dating. That's when their relationship goes downhill. Yeah, I think I was talking to a friend uh, a a while ago about relationships and breakups and stuff. He's been married for like a long time, but he was like, 
He was like, timing in relationships is one of the biggest and most important things. Yeah, yeah. totally. Completely. And I don't think enough shows have the latitude or kind of forethought to do this. I don't know if it was intentional on the writer's part, but the idea that she meets someone basically in season two who will in different ways show up throughout the seasons. Yeah. Uh, you don't really see that that often other yeah. than like Keith and David and Six Feet Under. Yeah, totally. sorry, our other favorite show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. actually, our favorite HBO series from the early 2000s. We're gonna start another podcast called The Grave Digger Boys. Yeah, that's right. Six Just watch Six Feet Under. Um, there's a quote that was said at the beginning of the episode that you guys were both like, oh, that you're, you're like, oh, that. And it was um, in New York, you're always looking for an apartment, a job, or a man, or it could be an apartment, a job, it's or a, a relationship. What's the order? Uh, or a relationship, it? a boyfriend, a relationship, or an apartment. No, it's a job, a, a relationship, job, relationship, or apartment. An apartment. It's genius. Couldn't it's be truer. No, yeah. it's so absolutely true. true. It's, su- it's such a like New York, and I I wonder if LA is like this, but New York is such. Like, when, you, when you're looking at New York apartments, it's always like size or like space, rent, location, yeah. pick two. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think that that other thing is so much of that Dude, too. Right now, happily married, great company, great job. And fucking worst apartment. Awful apartment. Yeah, yeah. worst <laughs> apartment in the world. Yeah. Just fucking stole money. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah. Yep. You here in this IRA? I'm coming after you. <laughs> I will take you down, even though you're listed as the fifth worst landlord in New York City. Yeah. Wow. 478 outstanding violations. I will find you, and I will destroy you. Oh. John said the other day, you want to say what you were going to do? I'm, like, I mean, like, I'm, not a vin- I'm not a mean person. Not at all. I'm no, not no, no. like, I don't hold grudges. I, I forgive people very easily. Although and you I, are Miranda with a Miranda right? I like people. <laughs> I will 100% defecate on this person's grave. <laughs> I will shit. I will outlive him. I will outlive him. I will go get a lot of Mexican pizzas from Taco Bell. <laughs> and even if I get arrested, I will shit on his grave. I'm sorry. Crazy, though, How did there's we a end weird... up here? Guys? I, 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 you know, we ended up because you were doing the two out of three things. You're yeah. like, John has like those two things in a bad apartment. I'm I sorry. Gotta, I, yeah. I and, got, I, and I guess I'm angry. I get angry about well, him. Well, he was mean to your wife. Yeah, and really that's a good relationship. And, that will and there's smile. not enough of that in, in Sex in the City. But again, it gave us a very glorified idea of uh, New York and Manhattan real estate, but not enough just aggro situations with your landlord. Yeah, like, that's true. Uh, Mar- the fact that Miranda never took her landlord to small claims court seems an impossibility. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> that's wild because I have done that and I lost. Exactly. <laughs> um, I yeah, did. You had pretty good co counsel, though. Dude, John came with me to court. We were so nervous. I had a suit on. Um, and I, I have a great apartment, I have a great job. Looking for a girlfriend. I'm in the same place. I have a great apartment. I have a I have a job that I really enjoy, and um, I'm single. And there was a time. Uh, well, uh, it's great that you like, run a Sex in the City theme podcast. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there is a, but it's funny because life is stable, but wanting in New York when you have those things. But there was a time in the past couple of years where I had recently moved, was unemployed, and had gone through a lot of rough relationships. Over oh three. Over oh three. <laughs> and it was February. And, and you were it just was like not fun. <laughs> yeah. I did a yeah, lot I've of work. Totally out. been yeah, I've I've had none of those things also. Yeah. I remember watching the episode too and oh. being like that's me. Yeah. I have none. I have none of those things. Yeah. Do we think Carrie has none of those things? I mean, what? She's got a book out. She's, no, she's, 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 she's releasing okay. a collection of essays. She has everything but the relationship. Yeah, her yeah. apartment's always in, in good check, yeah. except for when apartment's the Aiden stuff great, is going on. Career is great. They really should have made a through line of season five, Carrie having to pay sh- that Charlotte back for 
basically cyberbullying her into selling her engagement ring oh from gosh. Trey that's, and that's giving her the money to buy. By the way, guys, they never mention it again. Really? Well, ever. The, the last episode, she just like, she goes around like begging everyone for money and she's like, we're going to Atlantic City. I'm buying all the food and I'm like, what are you gambling yeah. and picking up the check? <laughs> like, when she mean, just to be dropped. fair, that's like sixteen ninety nine though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We need to oh, get for, buffet. We need I this season should have been Carrie doing the Dave Ramsey total money makeover. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Just doing envelopes, the envelopes all system. over her. Yeah. It's funny, I've listened to Dave Ramsey. He is this complete like mean Dr. Phil, but for finances. Yeah. And I would love Dave Ramsey to go over Carrie's finances yeah. and Put just everything in an Yeah. I'm sorry, you're telling me you've spent forty thousand dollars on shoes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you like, have zero in savings? You should not have a credit card. No there's no excuse for anyone to have a credit card. Yeah, Dave Ramsey true. must not read thepointsguy.com. No, he's not. He's very anti-credit card. Yeah. But. Well, Dave Ramsey, he would have been mad at the fact that I got a free flight to Tulum last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, Delta Sky Miles Platinum Code. Hard brag. Is, uh, is, uh, is there anything else that we've like blatantly missed out, or, or are we ready to go to our, our Cosmo rating? I think we, we covered everything think, pretty well. Pretty right? This we... was a pretty jam-packed episode. It was. Like, like. Yeah. I think there was did. a lot. Was there anything interesting on the outfit side? Yeah, that's what... Yeah. And actually, was a necklace that when you guys are, was wearing. I mean, I think Samantha... I think the noteworthy things are... Yeah, Samantha's beekeeper mm -hmm. look with the veil is pretty insane. Is there... I mean, Chelsea and Carrie wears a course. This I think this is the first time we see Carrie wear a corsage, which is a hmm. thing that she continues to do at her book events. Which is yeah. interesting because I've never I like noticed it, but I never thought about the fact that the only other time people wear corsages is prom, homecoming, yeah, yeah or homecoming. It's her, yeah. it's her prom. I 100% believe that Carrie never went to her prom. But Chelsea, Ooh. do you think there's proper chemical peel? sartorial etiquette like is there something that samantha should have been wearing instead no, i mean i just like that one thing i will say is i really like the way that samantha ultimately ended up handling it which is to be like fuck this beekeeper outfit yes, i've had me. a chemical peel yeah, and yeah. she's yeah. just sort of leading with that oh yeah which i, I feel her. like we could have done more of that sort of stuff on on sex in the city for sure yeah. when she just owns it and it seems like she has a pattern of just owning those things yeah that's yeah. why i love so much about samantha her instincts are so great and she just like is like this is who i am yeah she's like, a get on great board. friend these are back-to-back -back episodes where carrie is a piece of selfish shit mm -hmm. and samantha goes above and beyond yep that's mm -hmm. true. she yeah. throws that entire party for her she gets everyone there and then she's just like basically says like oh. well i wouldn't have shown up for 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 anyone except for you, and she's like, yeah, like. And do you know I what have, she charged? No, she, she charged goes, two uh, martinis and a, and a lunch. Yeah, yeah no, but Carrie's feet. response to that yes. is, and I have to live with that decision. I yeah. know. What? That's so mean. That's why I was like, in the writers' room, are they like, oh, that's some like banter back, or do they realize how insanely mean that is? Do you and. Then, as you watch the series, probably knowing the beef between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall, doesn't it kind of make sense why Kim Cattrall would want to go back for a third film? She's like, I'm good. I've been embarrassed enough. Well, we yeah. were saying that last night when they were having the fight in the previous episode where I was like, I wonder how much from like a human level as actors, there was like real anger going between. There was like, this is going to build into actual resentment one day. Well, yeah, I, well also, th I always think about this with, um, they do this in lots of shows, but um like Kimmy Gibbler on Full House, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they have to like 
be mean to her and at the end of every episode they're like sorry we were mean and then the next episode she walks yeah. in oh like, yeah fuck you totally. <laughs> wow. fuck I think you for you... not having a family life and yeah, being exactly. lonely and yeah like that's the most and... inappropriate fucking relationship yes. that Danny has with Kimmy from Full House it's yeah. like it's abusive they basically. all just like yeah. roast she's her just like she's this nice yeah. neighbor girl that's a little quirky <laughs> yeah so I, think, I think they talk to her like she's an adult also not a child even though she's the same fucking age as DJ yes make fun of her again I think you broke my brain to realize that Samantha's the Kimmy Gibbler (laughs) (laughs) well they just got over last episode like works through their shit and then Carrie's totally mean to her again it's like what is happening Oh, oh my gosh. Man. Wait, I think but, Sammy Gibbler wears like a hat like that Sammy too. Sammy Gibbler. <laughs> Sammy Gibbler. I have a question before we do the Cosmo ratings. If you what season is the best fashion season for mm. both of you? Because like like we said, we miss so many things in this. And there's times when I will look at something and be like, I'm pretty sure that's important. I don't know what it is. Uh, but what what season would be I the mean, I think one? the best is yet to come, arguably. Ooh. It is so Season six is great for the reasons it's also bad, which is they know it's the final season. They've never had bigger budgets and there's a sort of fuck you attitude. So the, the styling becomes literally costumes, but that's what all makes it And this carries through into the films. This is kind of the last season where it's like arguably normal, mm-hmm. kind of. Also, you have to consider that at this point in the show, it's like every designer is dying to have their clothes on this show. They're wearing couture pieces. They're wearing just the craziest shit. Yeah, it, it sort of extends to, in the last episode, or the second to last episode of the series, she's wearing Versace haute couture. Yeah. Um, I love how you said yes. If you don't know what I'm saying. It's like the hugest dress you'll ever see. uh, Yeah, Yeah. and and it's just because she's sleeping in this dress. There's no way, one, she would have been able to get that dress, two, get herself into it, but you're just like... Pack it and take it to France. Anyway. It's fashion porn, and that's why we love it. Samantha's style has never been better as in season six. Mm. Also, her hair. She goes through a a wiggy phase. Like a Kylie Jenner phase. Well, yeah, I think Kim Cattrall before the start of season six was like, you have to give me something like meaty to act with. Mm. What about, you mentioned that, you know, the Miranda fashion in this episode and maybe this season is a little blah, but is there a time when Miranda, is season six when she takes off? Is there there a a good Miranda fashion time? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's season... Two? Two, yeah. Early season. Is Early that when she's like really that... some some of those big norm core outfits? Yeah, yeah very it's Jill like the really roomy suits and the, yeah. like the really androgynous sorts of looks that I think suit her. Season six, you definitely see an improvement, but season five is she a barren wasteland very... because her plot line is I have a baby mm-hmm. and I look like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Even but she... she'll stop looking like shit in an episode or, or two and it's... Kind yeah, of a plot she gets point. she gets out of it kind of. Uh, but season six, they really, which we haven't talked about, but she makes a, a hard left turn into like Park Slope anthropology mom. Oh, but wow. she also like gets really high fashion. Like what she wore to Lexi's funeral was like. Lexi dies. You don't. You have not that. She's a one. She's a one-off uh, character. Anyway. Anyway. Also, before we get into the outfits, 
just a quick question that I always torture Chelsea with. What the fuck does Mar- Mario Cantone's Anthony do? Because he's introduced as a wedding stylist. They describe him. He styled the event. Which what does that mean? Yeah, he's introduced as a stylist, a wedding dress a stylist. A wedding it's stylist. So wow. esoteric. Like, stri- is that even a job? He strikes me as someone who would be an event planner. That yeah, is correct. Just someone that just puts things together. Like, because mm-hmm. I know some people who are event planners that are freelance, and I'm like, I don't know what you do but I know that you put these big things together and you're just one of those people that is like a producer of things like that but yeah. but he's this being is a wedding the, dress stylist is, doesn't make well sense they ba- this was the episode where they kind of backtracked and they're like actually he's an event planner like well, no he's referred to as a stylist and then he's be- styling the event like, he's styling the event and then from he this plans- point on it's like he's no longer a fashion stylist yeah. he is a right no, he is. Sorry. And he plans Charlotte's wedding. Spoiler alert, guys, for next season. And then Charlotte gifts him to Carrie for her wedding to plan her wedding, which, I mean, talk about like the ninth circle of hell, Anthony Maritino planning your wedding. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. <laughs> he, That's uh, like the energy you don't want. He's got to figure it out at parties, though, where he just chases around the hors d'oeuvres. He was into that coconut shrimp, and that's kind of my game, too, when I'm at No, but, but, but it's for the guy, though, because Charlotte says she's been dumped oh, for yeah. a shrimp waiter. Yeah, mine's just for the food, and I'm taller than everyone, and I can kind of see the patterns of where the waiters are coming, and I just, like, like boom, formulate a nice little strategy and attack it. <laughs> the there's, there's, he is true to, like, I feel like true to New York in that there's some people that it's like, What's that person do? Like, yeah. How do they like? And then sometimes you'll go to their apartment. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? what this place do? is great. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? How, am I doing something wrong? I feel like I mm-hmm. should be making more money. Yeah. This person doesn't have a job and they're hustling. Yeah. You well, know? we don't. We really don't know what Stanford does because also because he's introduced as a publicist, right? I think also, a, a talent manager. Talent manager for like B-list clients. Oh yeah, because he had like a Calvin Klein underwear guy on a billboard once. Which there's so much, so much, ripe writing and comedy within that that they don't really cover like being yeah. a b-list a manager of b-list yeah. people but that's yeah, also totally. like kind of true to new york like what you said like mm-hmm. i'm sure we probably have friends like stanford where it's like we don't really know how to describe what they do but they're just yeah. kind of patching thi- piddling little things together to yeah. make, to make I money i think it's established he also comes from a wealthy parent grandmother oh. his grandmother doesn't know he's okay. gay i believe that's established in season oh, one that is yeah um Cool. Well, yeah. we're going to do the Cosmo rating. Yes. There is um, half Cosmos and quarter Cosmos are completely welcome. Yep. And this is based on your entire knowledge of the show. We've only seen up to this, but based on your entire knowledge of the canon, you uh, can go ahead and give it a rating. You're one to five. We'll I do, have we'll, mine. Oh, we, oh, should we start? Well, yeah, we five. can do ours and then you if can you want to do yours. Of what, what you this think episode. of the episode, yeah. But considering that we've seen the entire series, right. yeah. where would we rank this? Where do you rank this in terms of episodes? Like our Cosmo rating can be Cosmos. based on the entire yeah. Pantheon. We'll go... We'll do ours and we'll then do you, ours, can, yeah. you can pick and you yours. Can, and we'll say it at the same time. All right, Ready? three, two, one, three point five. What'd you say? 4.0. All right, go ahead. Wow. Defend it. Go. Uh, I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, like, we watched... Um, the last one we watched was Cover Girl, mm-hmm. and we—I gave it a four. I, I upped it to a four point five. We went, we we got in sync with all of it. Um, I did feel like, especially coming off of Atlantic City episode, this felt like one of the ones to me that's like a jam-packed, solid episode. The writing, theme-wise, like what my favorite ones are when it's like a four-cornered thing, 
There's a theme. You see everyone's storyline, yes. and it all comes together. I yes. feel like this one didn't completely do that, yeah. but it definitely yeah, has some the, stuff going on. The theme on. is muddled for the episode. It is, very much. It's but a mathematical I, term that just makes sense, and yeah. there's no feeling behind it. <laughs> but I do think like the Kim Cattrall stuff was like super funny. Um, like Funny acted in her way, mean as hell on Carrie's part, but shows how good of a friend Samantha is. Uh, even though it was a little weird, I did enjoy the Grace Papaya thing because that's like, mm-hmm. it's it's a good New York moment. And, um, and the, so many Uber drivers will do that. They'll just take you there oh, and get out. And they'll be like, say, we're not going home. We're yeah. brag on you and tell the Grace Papaya guy, like, he wrote a book. Yeah. It's really cool. And then the Grace <laughs> like, it's going to be in real bookstores <laughs> when that guy said that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like in bookstores? Like that's kind of uh, a pre-Amazon universe. Yeah. I was like, yeah. no, in bodegas. What do you think? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so 4.0, 4. pretty solid for me. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Um, I think it was a fine episode. I think like Charlotte's story wasn't super. I mean, we didn't really even talk about like just the absolute vanilla guy that she brought over. Uh, like, just such a... Such a he was like spoiled, forgettable Noah. person. He, yeah. um, but uh, her storyline was a little bit weak. I do like when they give Samantha's character like a non-sex-driven storyline, like yeah. this one. Mm-hmm. It always like makes for a little bit of interesting stuff. But it, it, I was just so uncomfortable with how mean Carrie was to Samantha. It's just yeah. like, man, I, I already like have to grasp at straws to like Carrie, and like, like episodes like this where I'm just like, all right, even. When you're trying to be funny, you still are just so mean to your friends. So, yeah, I don't know. Three or five. It was fine. Um, I give it. Uh, I remember we gave the fashion, the Heidi Klum fashion walk episode. That was a five Cosmo one for me. And I feel like this had all the potential to be that. And it and it it didn't totally come together. I thought it was cool to meet Berger. Um, I you would. You wouldn't think it was cool to be <laughs> I just love Ron Livingston. I'm excited to to not. If it were Ron Livingston yeah, from no Swingers, ill will towards be... Ron Livingston. People, He's great. So I remember someone DM'd us one time. and was like, I saw Ron Livingston with his wife. And if you know anything about Ron Livingston, he's married to a fellow uh, actress whose name I'm blanking on. But they have. Rosemary DeWitt, oh, wow. who, and they have two adopted children. She was like, I saw him with Rosemary DeWitt and their two children, and I was going to go up to him and tell him how much I fucking hate him because he was burger, uh, but I did it. You know, aren't you proud of me? And I was like, don't do that. If yeah. people think it's he's okay like to a, run up to Ron Livingston yeah. and <laughs> yell at him <laughs> as is, if he's yeah, it's burger. Awful. Not that, true. Is, that is hilarious. Um, and it's like, yeah, don't do that. That's a real human being. It's a real person a that was kid. playing a role. That's yeah. called acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought I, I like when they do big events. It's like it's just really fun to be like, I don't know. It, it definitely feels like a glamorous show and that thing of being like, oh, I wish I was at that party in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, so it, it, was, it was fun. And I especially love that we're getting a little more Stanford and a little more Mario Cantone. I think Mario Cantone is just like such an incredible and Amy Sedaris. Underutilized Amy Sedaris, though. Mario Cantone or Amy Sedaris? Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris is so underutilized. Like, and so is Molly what? Shannon when they have her in the, the show. The second she shows yeah. up on screen, you're just like, that is such a ball of talent. Like yeah. she's so compelling. So compelling. And everything she does, it's like you and just want to watch her. To make her obsessed with men. And mm. just like that's just such it's a funny. weird, yeah. Is it? I don't know. I find it a weird beat that they keep going back to that for Amy Sedaris. 
where she's like, uh, don't scare away all the straight guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know. It's that, true. That, but that, it's it's to me, it's funny because it is her. And it's so true. Not it's like she can pull that who off. she is. Yeah. You yeah. know? Her, her like neuroses and stuff like that of just like being scattered and stuff is she plays that so well. It's yeah. super great. Um, okay. Our ratings. Yeah, you're yeah. Ready I... I was going to go with three to three and a half Cosmos. Yeah, I'm three Cosmos on this. It's not the strongest. You're right. It does that. I think we're getting at the heart of the problem with season five is it has all the beats of what could be incredible episodes that we've seen before, but it doesn't really stick the landing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it has the chemical peel. It has a wonderful cameo from Isaac Mizrahi. It has... uh, Bunny. Bunny it, makes bunny. it great. Yes, Bunny. Oh. That's what makes it great. And the bunny reemergence says, keep of your hands off of me. This is Chanel. Yeah. yeah. Classic yeah. line. I think those are the those are the strengths of the episode. And and the you know, the the bad stuff is the insufferable banter with, with mm-hmm. Burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, good episode. Um Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, so guys. Much. Such a wonderful bagel spread. And such wonderful well. hosts. Yeah. <laughs> great, so nice. Good bagels. New Yorkers, very, we, we loved having those here. Yeah. Um, you're, you're both so uh, kind, and going to your book <laughs> event was awesome. And you're so like, you're kind of exactly what we would have thought. You're like very, like, very cool and glamorous. And we're so happy to be yeah. over here. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having yeah, us thank again. Thank you for having us go, anytime. Go we're, fu- we're ready for season six, the oh. movies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. We yeah. Can. We'll come back for Sex in the City, too. All right. Okay. Perfect. Oh <laughs> I would love to talk you about that with you guys. run into. But at the pace you're going, you might end up watching Sex and the City 2 on its 10th anniversary. Because it's going to happen to the 10th anniversary this year. Oh, that would be awesome. Gladly. Wow. Um, um, we'll go follow every outfit on Sex and the City Instagram. I'm sure you already do. go buy <laughs> their book, which is available. Is it in bookstores? Like in real bookstores? I saw it in the Strand. That's where I bought my copy. Yeah. yeah. We <laughs> should all be Miranda. We should all be Miranda. It's an incredibly funny book. It's so yes, funny. It's incredible. And really well written. Thank so. you. And it Thank makes you. a great gift, guys. It does. It does. It really does. That's what I gave my wife for her birthday. Mm, there you go. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You Thank guys. you, guys. Bye. 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 The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at the Bradshaw Boys. And if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. <laughs>